0: Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL Podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Oh, he fumbles the ball, and Luck is there to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up and going go over the goal line! Roger scrambles he's left, winds up he's got time at the 10 to the pass, yes! to the end up, touchdown, Gary Sproul, gone, touchdown, Eagle! This is the Woot and Why Podcast, talking all things NFL. Here's
1: your hosts, Woot and Why. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why show. I am Josh Y. am joined on the hotline bling by my buddy Josh Woot. How you going?
0: Hey, buddy. Sorry I couldn't be there, but you know, work Sorry. is work and it's... Uh... It's right. a difficult life.
1: I just meant that I had an extra cup of tea because I made you one and not here to drink it. You know I love tea. I know you do. Uh, it was, you know, it was all right. It's not as good as, you know, I prefer a good English breakfast, but you like your, you know, a bit more of a no, of a variety.
0: Sorry, I'm, I'm an English breakfast man as well. It's just... Uh,
1: Last time you were here, you had something different
0: late Because you didn't have English breakfast.
1: Oh, you weren't looking in the right sports. I've... No,
0: sorry, sorry, sorry. You didn't have milk, remember? Ah,
1: uh, yes, we we ran out of milk.
0: That is correct. I had Thank
1: three you. bowls of Milo cereal that day.
0: <laughs> I asked, I just asked you to make me warm Milo.
1: Yeah, remember? You did too. You uh, is... gave me false hope that you're coming over here and and you weren't. So anyway, we
0: should uh we should definitely uh, have
1: a Milo night.
0: <laughs> have a Milo Survivor night. I yeah. like that. That'll be good. I want. Do you like warm Milo or cold Milo better?
1: depends on the temperature the outside yeah i think so but uh, i, I pref- like if we're talking percentages probably like 80 percent of the time i just have like normal milo not warm me
0: too
1: yeah anyway,
0: nice nice
1: nice nice milo chat to start the show by the way i just pay homage to uh, milo the dog from the mask one of the great all-time dog characters in movie history look he broke jim carrey out of jail that's like that's pretty cool Anyway. Yeah, no. Anyway. Thanks. Thanks for that, Milo. <laughs> Thanks, Milo. Uh ten year anniversary today of Friday Night Lights. Woo, did you uh did you know that?
0: No. Did not.
1: You did not. But uh it Thank is Thank you for reminding me. It is. It's been it's ten years <laughs> since the very, very first Friday Night Lights episode and uh it's one of the greatest shows of all time. Uh well for me anyway. Where, where does it rank for you?
0: This is uh putting me on the spot of where it ranks in my all time favourite television shows. Yep. Probably um Around the thirty mark. Wow, yeah, maybe lower.
1: <laughs> you you prefer no, other stuff? I know that
0: it's a good it's a good show, and I do enjoy it. But uh, yeah, I've watched many a show, and uh, yeah, pre- I, have, I think yeah, I have a different genre to you.
1: Yeah, no, I just uh, I really like I really like Friday does Night it, Lights. Does,
0: all right, does Friday Night Lights beat the OC?
1: I think it does.
0: Mate, you're for stoked.
1: me for me it. For- <laughs>
0: You've been hanging out with Josh Gordon too much. <laughs>
1: yeah, I do love Josh Gordon. So that does <laughs> does add up. Uh, but no, I, I prefer Friday. Are you I cheating
0: like... on me with another Josh?
1: <laughs> no. There is a quite a lot. There's four in our grade at school, which is crazy. I swear uh, we've
0: had this we've had this conversation on the podcast before think, about the Joshes in our year.
1: I think we have. I think people are like, again, Josh's in you know, the class of oh eight Mount Carmel High School talk, really? Again. Uh, anyway, uh, favourite favorite character from Friday Night Lights, hit me, who's your favourite character? Coach. Coach. I love Coach, but I love Landry. I love Landry.
0: Where's he, alright, acting-wise, where's he gone with his career?
1: Uh, onwards and upwards, man. He, uh, it was quite sad when Landry ended up becoming a drug dealer in, in you know, <laughs> in uh, Breaking Bad. I thought he was destined for great things from Friday Night Lights, but he's obviously, you know, killing someone in Friday Night Lights really messed with him and he just went on with it and... Ended up down in New Mexico and, and went on with it, and then you know after that, um, all the way up in Fargo, and uh, had a starring role in in the second season of Fargo. He's a uh, he's good, sneaky good actor.
0: Sneaky good, Yep. Well, maybe nice. not
1: even that sneaky. He's just good.
0: He's just a uh, yeah solid actor. Three <laughs> what? flex. He's a flex actor.
1: Oh, Okay, gotcha. Yeah, not a not your everyday not your Damons or he's your, not your Zac Yeah, he's yeah. a good flex actor. Good, good flex yeah. player on most weeks. Uh, favorite yeah. moment in Friday night lights. Mm. There's so many.
0: Man, I don't know. This is this is this is testing my memory.
1: It's been a while. For me it's it's state the very the the season finale of the first season and coach's speech at halftime I think is is my favorite moment and it was it was just uh it was unbelievable. I just think you, know, you get goosebumps watching that. But there's so many good moments. Like, if you're looking for humor, there's so many. And that's why I like Lee This, this is
0: so you. This is so you. So your favorite moment was the season one finale where it was a halftime speech.
1: Yep. That's peak. Hey, that, that's that, peak why. That's,
0: that's why it's around 30th in my
1: <laughs> oh, look, Friday Night Lights is not, like, my favorite show, but it is up there in terms of, like, you know, teen dramas. It's up there. It's definitely up there. All right. yeah, it's good show. It's anyway, a good show. let's move on to some actual NFL news. Last week he was sunbathing naked in Italy. His butt. I got to start doing squats. And uh, next week he is starting in an NFL game. Tom Brady's four game suspension has ended. Tom Brady is eligible to rejoin the team on Monday and will be under center against the Browns on Sunday. So, uh Todd Brady is back. Celebrate good times. Patriots fans, he is back. Do
0: you know what I love about this? Yep. The fact that, you know, Goodell tried his best to just, you know, mess everything up. And he gets four weeks off to go out chill with his model of a wife in Italy while his team still continues to win, leading their division and just, you know, everything. So, Goodell's probably just like, damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it.
1: it. Model of a wife or model wife? Like, could be both. Both. (laughs) It is probably both. Um... (laughs) uh yeah no it it, it's funny they there was a like outside the lines tried to do like oh winners and losers of deflategate and i think uh you know lawyers obviously the big winners in terms of retainers just through the roof just money everywhere and but i think some other winners would be like jimmy garoppolo now has like some sort of value so if you want to look at one silver lining is that you got to see jimmy garoppolo and you know he may be the future for new england if if Brady does fall off a cliff or, or just, you know, decides to retire out of, out of nowhere, who knows what's on the horizon. But then at least now you have something that you can trade away. So for for new England, they kind of actually got a little bit of a win out of it. As you said, Goodell tried to kick them while they're down, but it didn't really work.
0: Yeah. No. And like, especially if, you know who knows what Belichick's thinking in regards to Garoppolo? They might just try to trade him in the off season because Tom Brady says he can play till he's fifty, and mm. then they just get ridiculous trade value for this guy. They get so, two
1: first picks, so they end up with extra instead of the one yeah, that they've lost. Especially on.
0: for like for who knows like what kind of team? Because there's teams that you know you're already seeing that like you know Arizona might have troubles by the end of the season with their quarterback, or the Jets have already you know yep. there's question marks everywhere. Those are two teams that I can easily see Garoppolo going to immediately and.
1: The Chiefs are a sneaky one for me, too.
0: Man, that team is what it is. Yeah, right? just, I'm not going to mess with what's going on over there. I know, they'll, play I just, bad, they'll play bad, and then you think they're yeah. down, and then they come out and destroy someone.
1: Yeah, it's just weird on prime time. It just seems to, Alex Smith just seems to go missing. It's just a bit of a letdown. But, yeah, I, I agree. I just think it worked out quite well for New England. Ultimately, I know the fans weren't happy, and it dragged on. But, look, at the end of the day, you're 3-1, and one, Brady's back, and he's refreshed, and he's in a giant FU mode. it probably end up working better for you late in February. Uh, some bad and
0: also there's like the fact that they've been kind of easing uh, Gronk into it all. Yep. So the, no.
1: the, the stars seem to align for poor Cleveland for them. Yeah, poor Cleveland. Hugh Jackson said it's not ideal that they're facing Tom Brady or, or something like that, which is I feel sorry for Hugh because the Browns are playing really tough and and being really competitive and they're actually a fun watch. But we'll get to that when we talk about the quarter pole. Uh, of the season later on. Um, some bad news is the 49ers. They confirmed on Monday that uh, Navarro Bowman's done for the season with a torn Achilles tendon. They're also likely to be without DeForest Buckner for an extended period of time with a foot injury. Bowman is the 49ers' defensive leader and the top interior run stopper for them, and that's that's huge for their defense. So that's now a torn ACL, MCL, and an Achilles injury over the past four seasons for Bowman, and they owe him $7.5 million in salary and bonuses next year. So... It's, it's a lot of injuries in his age, and they just sort of rejigged that deal. It's, it puts the 49ers in a, a bit of an awkward situation because Achilles' injuries are tough to come back from, even though Steve Smith is just giving a giant middle finger to them right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, next to J.J. Watt, there's no other player that has the same impact on defense as Navarro Bowman.
1: For, for their team. Without
0: him, yeah, without him, it's just the 49ers aren't the same. We showed... Uh, you saw last year what he did. It was just he was the defense. That's hmm. it. It's He is the 49ers' defense, and, I mean, it's going to be a huge loss. And you, you saw what um, Elliott did as soon as Bowman went out of the game. Yeah, 20-something so, year run. Yeah, just, I don't know. It's devastating. It's devastating for a 49ers team that did, didn't have much hope to begin with yeah. and their best defensive players gone for
1: the year and there are another team that you know were the, the expectations were really low and they they were playing above and beyond them even though the results went there they're actually still playing tough and he's a reason for that that front seven was was doing things and making life a little bit difficult for opposing teams uh to start the season but unfortunately it doesn't quite work out for some teams while others the stars align at the other the other teams have some bad luck uh, the charges also come to mind uh moving on the last little bit of news before we hit up the, the week four takeaways and then our uh, NFL quarter poll, which, uh, which will be fun to talk about where we're at at the quarter mark of the season. But Ian Rappaport is reporting that the, car, uh, the Cowboys are targeting week eight for Tony Romo. Uh, to return to the lineup just after their week seven bye. They're gonna ramp up conditioning and throwing next week and given that how well Dak Prescott's playing that they, the the luxury's there that they can ease him back at week eight rather than if you know if they're playing what they had last year he, he could have been back week five or six if they really had to.
0: Yeah, and then then again who knows? Like who knows if even if he doesn't feel hundred percent healthy, I don't think they're gonna have any problem just rolling Prescott out there for another week. It's I know I've been skeptical, and I still am skeptical about the Cowboys. It's a very interesting team. I think I think the Cowboys are performing terrifically well outside of Prescott as well. I think for such for a team that many people were holding much hope out, um, hope for on the defensive side of the ball, they're playing much better than I think anyone was expecting them to. Yep. And then Prescott is just you know going leaps and bounds every single game. He's just he's got so much. Uh, composure and poise is just it's ridiculous him and West, uh, him and Wentz I just I believe how like the division's flipped on its head you you see where the future of the division's going already it's crazy and then yeah so it's going to be interesting in the next few weeks when they um, the Cowboys versus some uh, tougher teams but uh, yeah at the moment Prescott looks the deal and I, I can't see them you know worrying too much if romo is you know it's around week eight or su- and such yeah i can if see not, romo if, if he's not if he's ready not 100 percent, they're just going to go prescott you just one more week one more
1: week exactly and like prescott is being great like he has he hasn't you know he's not quite romo the conversations about oh they should just trade romo there's some people coming out saying that the, the cowboys should just release romo and, and get rid of romo and all that sort of stuff. I just find that utterly, utterly ridiculous. Can you imagine Tony, Tony Romo, what, he's 39, 38? Yeah, I think so. 37, 38 years old. It, it... Even at that
0: age. All right, sorry, he's 36.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there we go. We've added two years to Tony Romo's last. Sorry, Tones. I know he's a listener. So
0: Rome. Anyway, yeah, he it's, it's incredible. His, his trade value would still be through the roof.
1: It would be, but I just, I just don't see it. I, look, Prescott's been great, but if Tony Romo returns and he's the Tony Romo where he he should have been the runner-up as you know for the MVP award uh, behind Rogers that year, like that's a huge, huge upgrade for them at the position. And he can, and that's a legitimate team that you can actually make a deep playoff run with.
0: What if it does? It doesn't matter. Even if it was you know through eight weeks and then there were eight no, Romo would still step in. Yes,
1: I think so because it's not just it's just not. It, not only Dak, you've also got this running game and that great wall that's just controlling the clock and I think it was Greg Rosenthal tweeted out something about the amount of minutes that the Cowboys defense has been on the field and it is very similar and when at this point in the season to the, the year that DeMarco Murray carried them uh, all year in terms of the percentage wise of, of time on defense. Very, very similar uh, style of play. Yep. Alright, let's, let's move on to our week four takeaways. All right, starting in Chicago. Quarterback controversy in Chicago. Who knows, but uh, speaking on Monday, Bears coach John Fox said Brian Hoyer could keep the team's starting job regardless of Jay Cutler's health in relation to his thumb. He said anybody that's performing well, I don't think we're going to be like don't think we're going to be likely to change. That's a poorly worded sentence from Fox, but anyway. Um, and that's what the news site said. They said they called it an unusually direct quote, but yeah, so Hoyer's actually played. <laughs> Hoyer's actually played. So they picked up on it as well. Hoyer's, uh, Hoyer's played pretty well. I, they were a surprising victory last week. I, I really thought the Bears would come out and just wipe the floor with them, and Hoyer kept them competitive, and and they won the game.
0: Yeah, no, it was Chicago. Just do my head in every season. <laughs> every season, it just seems what did
1: Detroit do my head in every season. Yeah, they, they are the textbook very, team that plays
0: similar teams though.
1: Yeah, Detroit played to their level of their opponent. Like, they will play Seattle tough, and then they'll play like Chicago, against Chicago. I just, I don't know, it's just, uh, it's just purely baffling. But on the quarterback side, I didn't think Cutler was that bad in the first two weeks. Like, I just felt like the whole team was just terrible. Like, I think that if Cutler played in that game, they probably still could have won that game.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. But it's just, uh, it bemuses me how this, help me out here, what's the defensive coordinator's name? Vic. Uh, Vic Fangio. Yeah, you know, Vic Fangio. He's he's been around forever, and he's still just so underrated when it comes to hmm. defense. It's been, what he's doing with the the players that he has on that side of the ball is just incredible.
1: They, they lost I like just, five or six players too.
0: I don't know. And so they go up against you know an offensive like should, we can call them a powerhouse because that's all essentially all they are. They're just Under all Kuda. offense. But yeah, their defense has nothing. And on any given day, Detroit can come out and put forty five on you. So the fact that they, you know, they held them to what they did is just you know, testament to uh, what Vic's doing on the defensive side of the ball. But mm. in regards to Hoyer and Cutler, I think, you know what? Hoyer is not the future, but it's a good way. It's a good step towards the future. Mm. It's a good way to get rid of Cutler. And we're both fans of Cutler, and we still think he has a future in the NFL, yep. but not in Chicago. There's just been so much bad blood and negativity towards him for so long. Uh, it's just it's not going anywhere, and that they're, they're tied to each other at the moment, Chicago and Color, and they just you know they've just got to cut ties.
1: I think you I think you made some good points there, and, and I agree with with them as well. It is a good opportunity for them to say, oh, we're going to give Hoyer a go as a starting job, knowing in the back of their mind that you can't sell your fans Brian Hoyer moving on to next season. So that obviously makes them puts them in the market immediately to draft a quarterback or make a move for a quarterback, and then Darula. it also possibly that would be that would be interesting or and then also it allows them to ties with Jay Cutler who financially they don't have any qualms with now that they can at the end of this season it's good like there's no huge cap here there's no worries in regards to salary uh all sorts of stuff like that. And I also think on the field they can ride with the hot hand. If Jay Cutler is healthy but Hoyer does put a couple of good performances together, you could just ride the hot hand until Hoyer you know, ultimately does what Hoyer does and crashes and burns and then you bring Jay Cutler back on the field and I think it's more of just a momentum thing. So I think it's it's not a bad idea from John Fox. I just can't wait for Cutler to uh, just slot into Bruce Arians' offense in Arizona next year and and have a uh, career revival uh, throwing to Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown and... And Michael Floyd under some decent coaching.
0: That would be that would be amazing.
1: That would be fun. I would I would like would, to watch that.
0: By the way, <laughs> side note, and I want everyone to do this when they hear this on the podcast. I just typed in Cutler to see his age. Yep. And you type in Cutler and it comes up Jay Cutler on the side on the Wikipedia. But next to him is a thousand photos of a bodybuilder who is yes.
1: absolutely shredded. I've done that before, I already knew over the evolution about this. of
0: J- <laughs> The evolution of Jay Culler. This is an incredible man, and if that was a quarterback in the NFL, that there'd, there'd be a new size jersey because this guy
1: is a cloud. He is ripped. He's a cloud. He's floating. doesn't miss he leg day is. either. He's got legit huge legs. <laughs> He's got bulges. I didn't know you could have bulges. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's just talk about how stupid the NFL's taunting penalties are and how they're changing the outcomes of games for no good reason whatsoever. So in the offseason, the NFL adjusted the rulebook so that a pair of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, including excessive celebration and taunts, would result in an injection. So that means not only could a game be tremendously affected by 15-yard penalties, but a team could lose an important player because he celebrated inappropriately twice. And through the first four weeks of the 2016 season, officials are being more strict than ever. In 2015, there were 22 penalties accepted and and there was 24 in 2014. In just four weeks, there's already been 13 such violations in 2016 on pace to double the mark over the last two years so the official rule for the penalty is that using baiting or taunting acts or words that engender ill will between teams that officials are throwing flags for players that don't appear to spark any hard feelings or ill will what is your thoughts on all of this because it aggravates the hell out of me
0: you and i were talking about um, before we started recording and we were we were watching some of these these taunts and I was saying how much I loved the actual bow and arrow one from Josh Norman. How how I don't know. It's just something new and refreshing. It, it was awesome, and I, I don't know. Yeah. It's getting to a point where it's they're taking the they're taking the fun out of the game. And I I mean I know there's more to it than that, and I know the the bow and arrow one in particular. They're saying you know a weapon, so I can kind of understand it. But at the same time, it wasn't like his opponent was in front of him, he was just, you know, shooting it off into the distance, kind of like what essentially you could do the whole, well, Alf Morris is hitting someone with a golf club if you want to get to that stage.
1: Yeah, it is it is ridiculous. I It just baffles me. And you're right, it's sucking the fun out of the game. And it's changing the game. 15 yards is a huge, huge thing. We saw this with the drive today with Odell Beckham getting up and getting in the face of the corner who in obj's defense i know he's been immature for weeks and and it's a, a recurring theme with odell beckham that he needs to mature and fast he's wear he wears jersey 13 and acts like a 13 year old but he Hey-o. thank you um but he uh you know he, he got tackled late when he'd already run out of bounds so like a reaction from that is fine but i understand trying not to spark fights and things like that but that's that really halted New York's drive. That, that, that's just one example of, you know, and that time probably was an okay call, but there's been others where it just completely halts a drive and it just changes the entire momentum of a game because it stops a first down, it stops a drive, you're punting inside your 20 instead of from a 40 where you can really pin a team deep, just things like that that really alter the game. And that was part of the reason, you know, when we were younger that we sort of got a bit annoyed about the NRL was when there was ball being stripped out and it was called a penalty and other times it was a knock-on. In terms of penalties and bad refereeing, Altering the games because it really it, it makes the game not as fun and not as genuine because the officiating plays too much of a role and we don't want the, the NFL to go down that path.
0: No, God, no.
1: Yeah, um, and, and let them use medieval weaponry. I love <laughs> the I love the bow arrow.
0: That's fine. <laughs> they should
1: they should use the uh, the old ball and chain. That's fine. Uh, get that, the get the old the colonial word. cannons out and and sword Shadow fights. Bolt. Yeah, why also, not? So Just get everything out. Like uh, I thought the Josh shot was fine.
0: It, Considering in the – I know I'm sure a lot of the listeners uh, have seen this video, but considering that in the Arena Football League, I know that's much more entertainment-driven, but the fact that they can do a people's elbow wrestling move that (laughs) goes for a good, you know, (laughs) over a minute is insane and get away with it.
1: For me, the most baffling one of the weekend was spiking and spinning the ball at an opponent is taunting, and Alan Robinson was was, – Penalised for that But then when Blake Bortles scored a touchdown He punted the ball into the crowd Like incredibly hard Nothing And Dean Blandino tweeted about it Because people complained And said He said Spitting and spiking the ball at an opponent Is taunting Kicking the ball into the stands Is not directed at opponents So no foul Both subject to fines though So Kicking the ball into the crowd is okay um, Spinning the ball not okay Using a bow and arrow not okay And Terrell Pryor um, Imitating LeBron James With the ball in his hand he is apparently taunting. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy.
0: They better themselves I, don't, they wreck uh,
1: themselves, I don't know. I'm speechless. I'm
0: speechless because I was watching Steve Smith this week, uh, sorry, last week, and he caught it. He, you know, he was fired up and then spanned the ball, and that's it. Yeah. It's just over with. Maybe, maybe, you know what? S- some respect needs to be given, though, to. Uh, the referees or the umpires for not starting a fight with steve smith that was probably a smart move
1: they're probably afraid of him so that's, that's yeah why i'd links, be so...
0: terrified of steve smith yeah or... he'd probably spin the ball
1: jalen Ra- jalen not so uh who knows? but anyway all right it is <laughs> it's time to move on we'll, we'll get away from taunting because it's probably uh it's not fun to get a- angry and i'm sure there's uh everyone at home's got the shut uh, up josh and move on <laughs> the arthur meme you know the arthur meme where the guy's clenching his fist Yes. That's, that's everyone when a taunting penalty happens. That's the entire internet. All right, the NFL quarter poll <laughs> is is among us. So we're a quarter way through the season because of stupid week four bye weeks. Officially, Green Bay and Philadelphia are not. They've only played three games. Um,
0: how good is that? How, it's, it's how so dumb. How, how needed was it for those two teams? They must be so worn out of oh, boy. three yep. games. <laughs>
1: Thanks for killing the momentum. You're going to be so refreshed for a 12 week uh, continuation yeah, of the season.
0: Two weeks to prepare for Detroit, who just lost to the Bears. That
1: was great. You know, but Detroit's the type of team that'll win
0: that. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll beat will be Philly by <laughs> yeah, four.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, so we uh, we decided to break uh we to break the entire NFL into tiers. So we've got five tiers at the moment, and we'll uh, we'll start from the bottom and work our way up. So basically,
0: and moving, and you know. After week eight, we'll update it and we'll do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll do, do it a halfway through the
1: season. season. So every four weeks, we'll do it, and then obviously at the end of the season, we'll know. So it'll only be two more of these, and then after the end of the season, it's on to the playoffs, which uh, will be fun. So the bottom tier, we basically called they're done. So these teams are basically done. The season, the season is over for them uh, in our eyes, uh, and we could be wrong, but uh, it's looking very, very likely. I'm going to rename it to the dungeon. The dungeon. They're in the dungeon. Well done. I like that. You like the that? done. You like the dungeon. I get it. I get it. Alright. Who who's in your dungeon?
0: We have exactly the Oh no we don't. We've got very, very similar. We've teams.
1: both got five teams though.
0: Yes, that is correct. I have San yeah, Francisco. Yep. The the Dolphins. Yes. New Orleans. Yep. Cleveland. Yep. And the super fun to watch but not so successful team of the podcast the San Diego Chargers
1: unfortunately
0: come on you got to be kidding me
1: man that's disappointing very disappointing
0: it uh, is and it's not so much that i don't think they can win games and things like that it's to a point where their morale is so low there's you know their self esteem just there's no I, yeah. I they're not hoping for anything they're just hoping for a you know some Something positive, some, like players to step up, like Bosa to be successful and things it's, like that. He hasn't that's,
1: played yet, so it's tough.
0: Yeah, so him playing well in the back half of the season or something, that would be deemed a, a kind of like a success, if you like.
1: Yep. It's, so, uh, yeah. It is pretty crazy. Like, Phillip Rivers is on pace for 4,400 yards, 32 touchdowns and four picks, and the Chargers are on pace for 4 and 12. <laughs> like, that's just ridiculous. There's, there comes a point where Mike McCoy has got to go. He just can't. Control close games. He just doesn't have the cojones to uh, to keep a team with a fourth. Then, They've led in the fourth quarter in all of their losses I know, this year. But then two,
0: three biggest weapons in Stevie Johnson, Keenan Allen, and Woodgate Woodhead Wood Woodgate Wood- Woodhead. <laughs> Shout out to the old <laughs> <English laughs> <footballer>, uh, dead Woodgate. <laughs> Woodgate.
1: Is there an, even a player yeah. called Woodgate?
0: Yeah, of course there is.
1: I'm sure there is. I'm sure someone will find like Play a 1937 it. football card like Denzel Woodgate. Started. Are you
0: kidding me? What? Don't don't start me on this. Alright, anyway.
1: Um I have the exact same and by the way, with San Diego, like I agree with you. I have them in my next tier, which is called Hanging by a Thread, but we'll get to that in a second. But if San Diego uh, can if San Diego I, can I say, yep.
0: you you're a uh, you're a Liverpool fan and he played for Liverpool for how long? And he played for Real Madrid and he played for England. Oh, I'm talking and... NFL. I know.
1: I, mean, I, ain't saying, talk, I ain't here to talk. I ain't here talk. I said football. English
0: footballer.
1: Oh, did you? Sorry, I did I not did hear you. Say you I did not hear you say English football. Anyway, sorry, continue. Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, man. Um, if San Diego played in the ASE South, like they would be fine. Like they'd be in the thick of it. Oh, they'd win it. Yeah. <laughs> like even down one and three. Like if you switched them in the Titans right now, I'd have San Diego to win the division. But. Obviously their division's tough, and we have their opponents um, higher up in in this tier ranking. So I have the exact same five as you, except uh, sorry four as you, except I have Chicago in the dungeon. I know they had that win you know, uh, last week, and you know that was great. But it's just moving forward. I just can't see them doing anything. I at least with the Charges, I can see, and I've seen it on the field that they've led in games, and they can turn it around, and they're going to be dangerous and and competitive no matter who they play. So I can see San Diego winning games and, and possibly getting back to a respectable 8-8. Eight eight. I just can't see it with Chicago. I just think they're in the dungeon, and rightly so. With with the other four teams, look, Cleveland are hella fun, which you mentioned before, and they're playing hard, and I really respect what they're doing and, and what Hugh Jackson's building there and, and with all their youth. And, and so I look forward to seeing them going forward, but obviously they're done. I think Browns fans, you know, don't look at the scoreboard and just look at the positives going forward. Question. Yep.
0: So the Colts are playing Chicago this week, yeah?
1: If they lose they're in the dungeon.
0: Yeah, no, but next week. So if Chicago win that, they can like they can easily win that if they play well enough, right? Yep. And then they could easily win the week after that at Jacksonville, yeah? Or when Correct. Jacksonville come to
1: Chicago. Yes. They could easily be three and three. They could be, but I just this is their easiest slate right here. Colts are Jags and the rest of it gets really tough. Although they do have Titans and Forty ers later on, yeah, I think it's could... not
0: that bad, and they're still third in their division. Detroit's below them, so yeah, I don't know. I we'll just,
1: I, I can't see it with Brian Hoyer. Oh, moment. I'm not. They're not going to win. For the State
0: other
1: two, Broadway. for the other teams in that division, I just want to mention Miami. I just, it's tough. You're in. It seems to be the the same Miami season happens like 15 years in a row. It's just like false hope in the off season, big flashy moves, and then nothing of substance. No matter who they bring in at coach, and we like Adam Gase and. Uh, we talked about them after the Thursday night football last week. So if you want to hear us, you know, analyze Miami a little bit more, check that out. But yeah, I think their season is uh, all but over.
0: Yeah, um, really good acquisitions with Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso on defense as well. Love. <laughs> all
1: right, moving on to our next tier. We've got hanging by a thread, and there's a lot of teams in this uh, in this tier. So I think we have nearly the same here. There's a few little bits and pieces mixed up, but. Obviously, you've got Chicago in this division, and I have San Diego in this division, but some common themes here, Indy, Jacksonville, Tennessee, New York, Jets, and Buffalo, Detroit, Tampa Bay, and Washington, and surprisingly, Arizona in both of these.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't have Buffalo in this tier, though. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's the only difference I I can see, besides the flip of Chicago and San Diego.
1: Yep. The big talking point, obviously, Arizona.
0: Yeah, and three quarters of the AFC South. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, uh, the AFC yeah, South.
0: no, but Arizona, if comparing them to say, Carolina, who have both have been pretty much equally as disappointing.
1: Yep. They just division the is obviously the reason for the, the where we put them.
0: Exactly. And also but if I'm an Arizona fan, I'm far more worried than if I'm a Carolina fan. Arizona's just not good. Not good and I mean I know we spoke about it to, um, before the season. This, you know, Palmer seems to choke. He seems to choke when it gets to you know crunch moments. And then when it came down to the back end of last season, he started. There was like a certain look of regression and decline. And then he did have, that, season... he did
1: have that injury, but uh, it it did. Yeah, yeah, I know. Obviously, but apart from that, it's it, it it. You can't just ignore it. You've got to factor in the injury a little bit, but only a small percentage.
0: Yeah, of course, and I mean. It's not just him. Mm. There's a huge, you know, number of different factors why they're not, you know, playing up to the level that they set last year, which was incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, they really need a win.
1: It's it's yeah, and it's really weird because Chandler Jones, who they acquired, is playing really well, but I just don't understand like it's just weird. They just seem to be in this funk. I don't like they have the names on paper, they've got players returning, but they're just not putting it all together and it's really weird to see that from from a Bruce Arians coach team because you know you come to accept brilliance from him you know two-time coach of the year award and it's going to take a hell of a coaching job to get this team building nicely because they're they're at 1 and 3 at the moment and they've got 49ers on a short week with Carson Palmer with a concussion we're going to talk about that at the end of the show when we preview that game but if they fall to 1 and 4 which is a possibility on the road without Carson Palmer you know it's it's tough because you've already got that that lead f- The the Seahawks already had that huge lead. And then you've also got the Rams, who are still at 3-1. And I don't know how we judge the Rams. We'll obviously get to them in a second. But, like, there's a chance that they could miss the playoffs. For a team that had Super Bowl expectations, they are definitely textbook hanging on a thread right now in terms of their expectations.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, so Buffalo and L You know what, though? So looking looking at these averages right, if you were to go off these, you'd think they were... uh, you know and above well, I mean we're not saying they're not an above average team we're just saying that they're not winning the games they should be. Yep. But so their offense points scored they're currently 14th so just over half halfway in the league. Yards per game they're 7th so that's good. Passing yards per game uh sorry yeah total yards per game on offense they're 7th. Same with passing yards they're 7th and then when it comes to rushing yards on offense they're 15th so middle of the pack. That's fine. Yep. That that's that screens you know a solid offense. Then when you go to the defense, it's kind of more of the same. Their their points they're um, allowing the eleventh least. Then yards per game, it's their eighth um, best against you know all purpose total yards. And then passing yards, they're seventh. The only bad thing they have is their rushing defense, which they're twentieth. But even then, they're still not in the bottom ten. So. Mm.
1: You've also got Interesting. To, you've also got to remember that they if they didn't miss a field goal, they would be at two and two right now rather than one and three and this conversation probably wouldn't be happening. But you've got to look at the record when you look at these teams and if they do 4 to one and four, they are they are literally hanging on a thread here. Uh and they're such a talented team. But all this conversation at the quarter pole, like we could do our halfway through the year pole and they're back in that contender category because they might put it together and you know, in a couple of weeks they play the Seahawks and if they if they win against the Seahawks uh, at home, that that's a that's a statement game. That you know they're back and and they can uh, make a real run for this. Because if they sneak into the playoffs, they're, they're a team with talent everywhere that could that could win it from being a six seed. No,
0: uh, I agree. Yep. I agree. We we'll probably be biting our tongues. Yep. In, uh, in a couple of weeks.
1: Well, that's fine, and that's part of the reason that we do this. Like We were, uh, we put ourselves out there, and uh, we cop it a little bit here and there, but, you know, it's all in good fun. All right, the next tier is called In the Running. Obviously, you mentioned that you had Buffalo in that uh, tier. Who else did you have in that tier?
0: I have Oakland, Houston, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Kansas City, the Los Angeles Rams, can't believe I'm saying that, Carolina, and the New York Giants.
1: Hmm, okay, a little bit different from... Uh, for me to you, I have I also have Atlanta in this tier, and then I have Cincinnati Cincinnati in the tier the the tier above them. So that's um that's the one difference between us. So we'll get to Atlanta in a second, but a lot of the a lot of these teams, LA the the, the most surprising team that they're, they're three and one at the moment. Jeff Fisher and Case Keenum combination is three and one in the NFL in back to back weeks. Jeff Fisher's beaten Pete Carroll and Bruce Arians. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like it's just like I feel like hitting the weird web story drop because it's just bizarre.
0: I know that we're crying and you know kicking and screaming for Jeff Fisher to be at the door, and then for especially for after golf week to be one. Able... If
1: you go back and listen to that, like, like it was.
0: Yeah, I know we slammed the angry. guy, and <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to make of this man. He's a very interesting uh, figure in the NFL, Mister Jeff Fisher. But um, yeah, you know. We're begging for Goff to start. We want to see what he's got, and then Case Keenum looks fine.
1: A couple of uh, I think, clutch like touch touchdown drives in fourth quarters.
0: I know. When it comes to um, other teams like Oakland, Oakland have looked very good. Carr looks terrific. He, he looks brilliant.
1: He looks. He's the number one ranked quarterback in terms of rating this so far in the season. He he's a legit BFF? quarterback. Uh, yeah, MPFF. Uh, obviously, Wentz. obviously, Wentz is still <laughs> there. But uh, in terms of quarterback rating, Carson, uh, sorry, Derek Carr is um, is the guy right now, and uh, he is he is killing it. So uh, for me, he's, he's killing all... it, and not to Cooper, Mister Crabtree. Oh, Crabtree is just delicious right now. He By the way, Crabtree,
0: it. can you stop being a hog? Because Amari Cooper, mate, <laughs> I need him to score a few more the, points.
1: The only knock of Oakland not being in that contenders category is their defense is still leaking a lot of points and is a a genuine concern. But if they can work on that, I can see them easily being in the contenders um, tier in our list here come the the halfway mark in the season.
0: Yep, I agree. Also, now, one team I want to talk about, Buffalo Bills, they're confusing.
1: Massively, massively.
0: So we kind of questioned bruce arians last week as to why he didn't you know game plan a bit more to stop the run then the patriots couldn't stop the run the coach that we think you know can game plan for anything yeah but uh maybe it I was mean,
1: greg roman which is crazy
0: <clears throat> which is very funny isn't it but uh a
1: man lost his job and you call it funny but it is
0: <laughs> no, it's, but it is, no, it, it is it is quite the, the nfl bizarre. is a weird beast yeah
1: We've got to give credit to uh, Anthony Lynn, like the new offensive coordinator, because he is – remember he was getting like head coaching interviews in the offseason? We were like, why is this guy getting head coaching interviews? And he's apparently a really um, quite clever run-orientated offensive coordinator, and it's and it's worked. The last two weeks they've run the ball so well.
0: And it is it is incredible. Now, I know there's the whole the whole um, story that, you know, the Patriots had a – a quarterback that was pretty much missing a thumb, yeah. to throw the ball, and you know they couldn't. They, they were constantly putting their defense out on the on the field, and of course, no matter what team you go up against, if your defense is constantly on the field, you're not gonna, you're not going to win. So I can, um, yeah, Look, I can see that point, but credit to where it's due, and Rex Ryan, Bravo, buddy. I, Every time I wanna, I wanna put a fork, this sound, that sounded weird. (laughs) Every time I wanna say that Rex Ryan is done, he just, I don't know. These games happen.
1: It's, uh, it is really weird, but we gotta give credit as well to the Pats. Defense, because you know, sixteen 0 If they just had some sort of you know quarterback that had two thumbs play, that they would have been in with a chance. Like if Jimmy Garoppolo played, that could have been a totally different game. And obviously, the Bills got lucky with regards to that. But you know, last week they they ran straight through the middle of that Cardinals defense, who did a pretty good job in containing Todd Gurley for for a long time just this past week. So Buffalo is a weird team. I can understand why you've got them in the running, but I don't know. I just, I can't see it sustaining the length of the season without Semi Watkins on offense. They're just too one dimensional, but they get Marcel Darius back next week. And, and that's a huge for their defense. And we talked about them missing like uh, the Reggie Ragland and things like that. But Zach Brown leads the league in tackles. <laughs> you know we got to give rex Ryan some credit he's uh spoiler he's, alert spoiler yeah, alert he's making, something's coming up he's making uh he's making it uh he's going okay it's uh it's well done by him. also back on la we got to mention as well that they've you know they've had a couple of wins back to back now but they've been a little bit lucky in that they've faced division rivals and they always play really 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 good against their uh division rivals yeah. so they always play good against Seahawks and and Cardinals, so I want to see them do well out of the division.
0: Me too, buddy. Me too.
1: Okay, moving on to the next uh, the next category is the contenders. Mark, we've both got four teams. I've got Green Bay, Cincinnati, Dallas, and Philly, and you've got. Oh, sorry, I thought you were going to read them. Sorry, um, no, no, I've got
0: you. I've got Philly, Green Bay, Atlanta, and Dallas.
1: Okay, so uh, you've got. Atlanta in the contenders category, which I want to ask you about because you were the biggest doubter of the Falcons to start the season. Now you're hey, calling them I'm, a contender. I'm a, man
0: that, I'm a man who can admit when he was wrong, but they are demolishing teams. Now I know that people are going to say the teams that they've played, but they came up against Carolina who, you know, that's no sissy defense no. and they put their, they put 48 points on them. It's amazing. So it's incredible. Uh, I know. So they're, they're they're first in points scored, first in total yards, first in passing yards, and then funny you'd think they'd have more rushing yards, but they're only six. But still, saying only six <laughs> is yeah, you know. The
1: the, but... um, the only reason I didn't have them in the contenders category is this: they've allowed thirty-one points in week one, twenty-eight in week two, thirty-two in week 3, 33 in week four. I just can't see that being sustainable when you've got to score I'm, 40 points a week to win. It's just too hard know, because eventually you're eventually going know, to hit a wall.
0: I know, but at the same time, that's what we expected of uh, the Colts? Andrew Luck and the Colts. Yep. That's what we expect of the Saints. Those kinds of teams that you can see grinding out wins, possibly getting to a 9-7 and seven finish. Mm-hmm. But I, who knows? Matty Ice is playing lights out. But they're even saying that, he hasn't been playing he has been playing very good, but then at the same time, he it's kind of just like he's reducing his errors. Uh, I, he's not doing anything that amazing. He's just not making stupid mistakes. Like. He's not
1: putting himself in positions. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I yeah, I kind of confused what you said. Cause you're like, he's playing amazing right now. And then you're like, but he's not playing very good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Cause he's, cause the numbers will
0: like say differently, but he's, he leads like the league in every set, every
1: yeah. stat. No, it's really, he like, yards including per and everything. Really? Yeah. He's what? 25 <laughs> sacks.
0: Probably. Terrible.
1: Terrible. But, uh, we'll get to Matthew Ryan in a little bit. Uh, you mentioned, you mentioned like their schedule and, and who they played last year. They were five and oh six and oh, and then they just still crashed and burned. They've got, they played the Broncos next on the road and then the Seahawks on the road. So they're, they're two really tough games and they could crash back to Earth here, so So they'll like, be three
0: and three after two <laughs> Yes,
1: yeah, so they could easily be uh yeah, three and three. Uh come the and then they've got the Chargers Packers as well. So that's a that's a tough little stretch here for Atlanta where they could uh fall back to Earth a little bit. Some other, you know, contenders on that list that are surprising. Obviously Philadelphia. They've only played three games, same with Green Bay, but obviously that Jim Schwartz defense has been spectacular and Carson Wentz has been, a, you know, one of the stories of the year. And we've, we've talked about that enough and, and we'll see, we'll see more of that going forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, for, wait.
1: Me, for me, just, I have Cincinnati in there. I know they, they've had some rough weeks into there, but I think they'll get Tyler Eifert back soon. And, and they put on a really dominant display on offense and defense in that recent game. And I just think they're, I trust them more as a as a team than say, you know, uh Baltimore or Kansas City and I just think that they've got to be in that list as a as a team that can uh can contend uh this season. All right, elite teams. Who
0: I want to ask one question. Yep. Who ends with a better um record come the end of the year? The Carolina Panthers or the Cincinnati Bengals?
1: That's a tough one. Uh, I'd have to look at their schedules, but uh Good question, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let me have a look at this uh Panthers schedule. Hmm, Jeez. I uh probably the Panthers. I trust the Panthers a little bit more even though they they're they're a, they're a game behind. I just uh Cam Newton's far more like he he'll, he'll get it together. They'll they'll uh they'll get it together.
0: The Bengals have only lost games to Pittsburgh and Denver.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that, I don't know, that's that's exactly why I have them in the contenders. Like they haven't lost to a bad team yet. No, they haven't. And then, that game no, against I'll that see. game against Pitt was just like a rainy mess. It was just, the conditions were terrible and it was a horrid, horrid game. So, um, I'm really keen to just ride that game off for them and see what they did. That were they were Dunlap and Adkins were just everywhere on Thursday night. Alright, elite teams, we have the exact same five. What it, a surprise what that a... we know who's elite. And it's uh, New England Patriots, Pittsburgh Steelers, Seattle Seahawks, Minnesota Vikings, and the Denver Broncos.
0: Correct, sir.
1: Yeah, well, it's, you know, of those five, I guess the real shocks are not not Denver being elite, but just like we expected some sort of regression at, and question marks heading into the season about this quarterback position, and that was you know a, a huge storyline. But they've answered those questions. they they they've got Trevor Simeon. They've got you know they've got Paxton Lynch who looked good when when Simeon. Uh, went out with that injury. He was identical. Yeah,
0: they run. He was identical. It was the it was the same thing. They, but... They're they're scarier than last year. They're just yeah. they, they're terrifying.
1: It is, and their defense, despite losing pieces, are still playing at an elite level. And you, you you mentioned like you know Peyton Manning was you know bad last year, but even when he was not bad, he just wasn't a good fit for that Kubiak offense. It was kind of like me hopping in a car to try to drive manual, having drived auto my whole life. And I think Lynch and Simeon just play Kubiak's offense so much better.
0: Yeah, and. I... Uh... There are, I think the fact that they're you know, they not super fast quarterbacks, but the fact they have a little bit of mobility also adds another dimension to the offense. So,
1: Are you saying Peyton Manning isn't a dual-threat running back?
0: Uh, you know what? I'm going out there on a limb and I'm saying besides that one-off bootleg that he scored... <laughs> Mm, he's not the
1: yeah. <laughs> I do I do remember I do love that that him and Brady did have identical like seventeen yard runs in the AFC Championship game though last year that was uh, that was hella fun. Uh, was cool. some, some other teams obviously Minnesota being on that list despite everything that happened before the season started with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, and that Sam Bradford uh, trade. It's quite funny that that trade has r- resulted in zero losses for both teams.
0: It's it's bloody brilliant moves from both GMs. It's insane and. Bradford believer over here. You are loving the guy. I'm loving the he's guy. He's playing
1: really well. Just solid. Like not. He's not being. He's not turning the ball over. Not putting the team in bad situations. And and yeah. Zim and Zim is happy to just punt the ball if they're you know if they they can't get a first down in their own territory and trusting their defense to come over with it or their special teams like like today they just that punt changed the whole game that fumble off the punt.
0: If Alex Smith was there, would they be the same? Would they have the same record?
1: Uh, probably. <laughs> but I, I don't know, I just think, I, I don't know, Sam Bradford just looks like a better fit for them and, and, and Mike Zimmer. And this defense is just, oh boy, you have dreams about how good they're playing. They just, it's just perfect scenarios. What about scenarios.
0: if Trevor Simeon was there? Still the same record?
1: No, totally different. Cool. I think Kubiak, I think Simeon's a perfect quarterback for Kubiak. I think if you put Simeon in a different different system or a different team, it, just, it could really be disastrous.
0: Alright, cool. In saying no, that though, but...
1: I'd rather Simeon than Brock Osweiler. Like Ooh, on, on, on any spicy maple. on any money, on any deal, and on any team, I'd rather Trevor. Trevor
0: Simeon, yep. seventy million, <laughs>
1: done. <laughs> uh, the other three teams, we don't really need to say much. New England, Pittsburgh, and Seattle. We all knew they were going to be good teams. New England, obviously, a lot better than we thought on defense uh, and winning games without Tom Brady. But you know, we've come to expect that from Bill Belichick. All right, biggest surprise.
0: Uh, biggest surprise. I've gone with the Falcons. Uh, I'll I'll be the first to say sorry to the Falcons organization, the Falcons fans, their family, who I'm sure have been greatly hurt by my words. (laughs) They've
1: lost uh, sleep. They've lost uh, uh, hours of sleep. I'm sorry,
0: Atlanta Falcons. (laughs) They've surprised me big time because I had them probably picking first. I just didn't see where they were going. The understatement of the century is how much of an influence Alex Mack is having Mm. and... Um, players like Muhammad Sanu and the fact that Devontae Freeman had such a good year last year after Coleman went out, it was gonna. It was kind of there was question marks how the run game would operate if they went to a committee. They're both they're both flying. So yep. I don't know. I don't know. The, there's a resurgence of Jacob Tammy. Like every, everything's everything's flying for the Falcons.
1: Oh yeah, the renaissance of Jacob Tammy is one of my favorite subplots of the season so far. He's. Uh...
0: You you reckon him and Dennis Pitt hang out?
1: Probably they probably Google probably. Cha- they probably Google Chat a lot. <laughs> uh, mine's just Minnesota. Like I was high on their defense to start the year already. Like I had an ungodly like ungodly love for them, and uh, I just uh, they've exceeded those expectations for me, and they've just gone to a whole new level. And I love watching them play. They're very similar to Denver. They're the NFC's equivalent of Denver, and I'm I'm really excited to watch them play. I'd love to see the Falcons in Minnesota play, and that would be one hell of a game. Uh, biggest letdown for me is the Colts. Uh, I don't want to we, – we're running out of time. We need to speed this up, but I think uh, I'll wait for my Colts rant when we lose to the Chicago Bears next week. Um, I just think Pagano needs to go. He he is shocking. He uh, When you yearn for Jim Caldwell to come back into your building, you know you've got a bad coach, and I would honestly – like Jim Caldwell would be an upgrade right now on Chuck, on Chuck Pagano, and Ryan Grigson needs to go as well. There just needs to be a mass cleaner. They're wasting Andrew Luck's talent, and it is extremely frustrating.
0: Would you take John Fox? Yes,
1: in a heartbeat. And you know I do not like John Fox, but he, he would get that <laughs> roster around, and they would play hard. Would,
0: would, would you take Jeff Fisher?
1: Over Chuck Pagano? Yes, I would. Oh we should do this every God. week. Just list coaches that I would take over Chuck Pagano. That's, it's up to you. Just give me a list of three would every you week. You
0: take Donald Trump. Oh, boy. <laughs> um,. All right, moving on. Biggest letdown for me, we've mentioned them a thousand times already. Arizona having a disappointing season so far. But then again, you can easily see them turning it around.
1: Absolutely. MVP,
0: we've both got the same man. Matty Ice. Cool as ice. Matt Ryan. Destroying it. Leading every category, including, you know, pick sixes probably. The guy is... (laughs) The guy's playing ridiculous.
1: You can't help but still take a shot at Matt Ryan while still giving him your MVP award. No,
0: no, I'm just saying you can do it all. You can play defense as well if you want. Oh,
1: gotcha. Um, All
0: right, go. Who's the defensive player?
1: By the way, you know a season's bizarre when Matt Ryan is your MVP through four weeks. Uh, You know what?
0: He's always the MVP of September. (laughs) Always. He always plays terrifically until October. And then it's I'm his... pretty sure it's something, something like the last five years. This is a rough stat. I'm going off something I've read. But apparently it's like the last five years Matt Ryan has been the top five quarterback fantasy-wise going into yep. the month of October. And he's never finished
1: in the mm. top five. Interesting. Uh, my defensive player of the year is Aaron Donald. Uh, I think he's the best player in the NFL right now. Obviously, he's... That would mean he would be the MVP, but obviously it always goes to a quarterback. But Aaron Donald is just an absolute game wrecker, and he probably should have won Defensive Player of the Year last year, but didn't. And I think he is a uh, a shoe in right now to win the award. He's just been he's just been a freak.
0: All right, I've gone a different route. I have gone Zach Brown. Please, please, the guy is playing insane. The fact that they the the Bills drafted Reggie Ragland. He went out for the season. They need someone to step up. They are playing terrifically on defense now.
1: All right, moving it's on. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Just moving on. That's ridiculous. Rookies of the year. I've still got a Z. Who's the right?
0: number one graded linebacker on Pro Football Focus?
1: Not Please, is it Zach Brown?
0: It's Zach Brown.
1: Wow. So
0: eat your own words right now, buddy.
1: All right. Interesting. Uh, all right, moving on, Rookies of the Year. I've got Ezekiel Elliott as my Rookie of the Year still. I just think he's starting to roll, and he leads the league in Russians. He's starting to really roll up, um, and, and he'll have a uh, he'll have a good season. I think he'll...
0: Please, Carson, Carson Wentz is just terrific.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, moving on to, you know, obviously, quarterbacks that have an inherent... And this is the debate we had last year when I had Winston and you had Gurley. I was like, quarterbacks always win the award. Now we're on the other side of the foot because Wentz plays for your team. All right, uh, coach of the year. <laughs> um, all
0: right, so I want to go through them quickly, but I had three listed. The fact that if the Patriots didn't lose this week, I think Belichick would have been a shoe in. The fact that he was out without Tom Brady, without Gronk, and he st- would have still went four and I would have just been incredible, and he deserved it. Pederson, it was supposed to be a rebuilding year for Philadelphia, and the fact that he's you know he traded his starting quarterback away. He had pretty much a rookie quarterback who had played one quarter in preseason to come in and go 3 0 and have a defense that's playing just at a ridiculous level
1: yep.
0: is just incredible. So, Pedersen deserves tons of credit. And similar for Garrett, a team, um, the Cowboys, who people weren't expecting their defense to perform at the level they um, are, are they're playing terrifically. And Dak Prescott, you know, looks like he has all the tools, whether Des Bryant's playing or not. So,
1: he's handled that well.
0: Congrats. All those coaches are having terrific seasons okay.
1: so far. All those coaches are having good seasons, but I have the winner. I have the guy that will win the Coach of the Year Award, and that's Mike Zimmer. It's pretty much written in stone. You can put it on the trophy. He'll win the award, what he's done with this team. Despite all that's happened in the preseason with Teddy Bridgewater, it's 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 got to be Mike Zimmer.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to go against it. I think if they continue the way they're going, great candidate. Yeah,
1: it's ca- good. Last little category before we move on to our Thursday night football preview is the fantasy MVP, and I'm I'm channeling Vikings. A lot of Vikings love from me. I'm an honorary Vikings fan this this season, and it's their Vikings defense. They're just every week like this, even this week. They only got eight points, but like that's that was the the floor for them. They've They've scored a bit. They've scored twenty-one, twelve, and twenty-six points the first three weeks. It's just uh, they're they're ranked like eleventh overall heading into week four in in all players across all platforms.
0: This is when I say, oh please! You just said a defense.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Considering the value, is...
1: you, you you get them off the waiver wire or you draft them in like round sixteen.
0: All right, um, I'll go someone more reasonable. I'm going to go Demarco Murray from mm. where he was being drafted, and everyone. People were, um, you know, contemplating taking Derrick Henry before him hmm. because of um, the committee and you know the upside of Derrick Henry and things like that. But he's silenced all the haters, and the guy is completely slashing well. everyone. He is. He's the number one running back in fantasy at the moment, and just
1: yep. brilliant. Well Brother. done to those who, yeah, well done to those who drafted him and and had the balls or the cojones to do it. I, I didn't really, I didn't want a piece it. all
0: ridiculous. the complete stupidity of drafting him at the time.
1: Yes. Because it it's
0: insane. It actually it was insane to draft him where he was he was being taken at the but now it looks like a genius move and the person that drafted him in our league came last last year.
1: Now he's now he's winning now
0: now he's winning by a huge margin each and every week to yeah. his team. So he uh, he Shout beat Brad. He well be- done Brad.
1: Yeah, he beat me by seventy points last week and I was still the second highest score in the in the week. That's how much he killed me. It was unbelievable. All right, let's start our Thursday night preview. The and Y Lock of the Week. Proudly brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. And you may have been wondering why I hit the Lock of the Week uh, button, but it seems like Thursday night football is automatically our Lock of the Week now because we've been tipping it pretty well these past uh, few weeks. So. Uh, obviously, our preview is brought to you by William Hill. Please gamble responsibly. But uh, this this game poses a little bit of a challenge because there is question marks over Carson Palmer. We are recording this on Tuesday night, so by the time you listen to this, you may or may not know that he's playing or not playing. But uh, at the moment, the Arizona Cardinals are minus three to dollar eighty seven. They're on the road at San Francisco, who are plus three to dollar ninety five. The total game score is listed at forty two and a half. Cardinals coach Bruce Arians said on Monday that he's more optimistic that Carson Palmer will be able to play. Thursday night, despite having the concussion, I, I find it. I think it would be absolutely insane if he has an, a concussion on Sunday and then backs up to play on Thursday.
0: Yeah, me too. But I don't know. I don't know this. The whole concussion protocol just still still baffles me. Some some players take weeks and weeks, and others take you know like a, a, a matter of days.
1: <laughs> oh, no, seriously, like um, the cult. I know. I Tyler know, Varga you- had to retire.
0: Anthony Davis.
1: Yeah, same thing. Anyway. Yep.
0: So. um... Yeah, no. If Carson Palmer plays, I think it's good value um, um minus three points at a dollar eighty-seven. I think grab that while you can.
1: Mm. I think even if Stanton, if Stanton, if if Carson Palmer is ruled out and the line will obviously shift to probably like one and a half, something like that. I still think Stanton can get it can get the job done with the Cardinals. Who the San Francisco Forty ers are going to be without Buckner. They've just lost Navarro Bowman. Their defense is going to be a whole different unit, unit. And I think David Johnson can really have himself a day against San Francisco. And as we just said, Arizona are hanging on to a thread. This, Who would have thought in week five would call it call a Cardinals game a must-win game for them? But I think it is. They need to keep themselves close to Seattle. And with so many teams doing well in the NFC, a playoff spot is on the line. And they need to get as many wins as they can. So I think they can get the job done. But... Um, I'm waiting until probably game day before investing in this game uh, from a punting angle, but if we had to make a pick right now, I would take Arizona minus three. The defense is still playing well, and I think Chandler Jones can generate a lot of pressure uh, on Blaine Gabbett. He's playing really well, and, and San Francisco's offensive line is just not performing at a, at, a, at a good level right now.
0: Yeah, and we mentioned what Navarro Bowman's um, absence did for Ezekiel Elliott, so... Johnson yep. could have a monster day.
1: Yep, he's a, he's a guy to put in your DFS lineups this week. Uh, some people like to avoid the Thursday game, but I think you can get some early points on the board from that. So I think we're both taking Arizona minus three. But as we said, it's tough to really judge, not knowing what what the go is with Carson Palmer. And look, Stanton didn't didn't play too bad when he did get slotted in. It is tough against that that Rams defense, but San Francisco's defense is defense is a, a totally different level to to Los Angeles. So I think even if Stanton plays, I think they can get the win. Um, you know, if you're just going to go the straight money line angle there with uh, with Arizona. Yep. All right, that's the show, and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, if you want to tweet us your uh, biggest surprise, biggest letdown, MVPs, and your award winners for the quarter poll of the season, please tweet us at Woot and Why. We love to hear your thoughts. You can also tweet me at JYNFL, and you can tweet Woot at Woot etc. And you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Wushka, and Radio Hub. Please buy tickets to Lunar Bowl. You can find them on uh, just Google Lunar Bowl or on lunapark.com. Thank you.